takes his penis and he puts it in the woman's vagina. That's right, kids. Today we're going to talk about difficult conversations, which would include talking to your kids about the birds and the bees. That's obviously a toughie. There's uh, plenty of conversations in life that we have, whether it's a breakup, leaving a job, just different things that are very difficult for us to outwardly express but alas, we have no choice. It needs to be done. That's why these are difficult discussions, because they're discussions that need to be had. But we really don't want to do it. At my age, you know, we didn't have internet or things like... I mean, cable was pretty brand new when I was a younger kid. VHS tapes, yes. For those of you who don't know what a VHS tape is, Google it. I'm not going to get into an explanation. All that stuff was very new around the time that I would have been learning or supposed to be learning about sex. I remember when my dad had the talk with me, it was, it probably could not have been more weird and awkward. This is where people fail at difficult discussions because they make it worse or more awkward than it needs to be, like my daddy did. So I don't remember what day of the week it was. I would have been, I'm guessing, maybe 11 years old, uh, living down in Cincinnati. I was riding my bike around the neighborhood. The sun was still out, so, you know, it could have been a summer evening. It could have been a winter afternoon. I probably wouldn't have been riding my bike in the winter, so scratch that. But either way, I remember it was daylight, and I was passing by my house on my bike, and my dad had opened an upstairs window on the front of the house and just yelled at me as I passed by, Jeffrey, get inside. I'm like, oh shit, what did I do? I'm in trouble. So I'm freaking out thinking I'm gonna get the belt or an ass whooping of some sort or at least a verbal tongue lashing. So I slowly ride my bike back into the driveway put my kickstand down with absolute hope that I'm not in so much trouble that I can't come back out to my bike, but who knows? Wishful thinking. I go inside, and it was a bi-level, so when you walked in the front door, there was like a half staircase going down on the left, and then another half staircase going to the upper level on the right. And my dad is standing at the top of that stairway, just looking at me, and he says, come on. And I follow him down the hallway into the master bedroom, and he sits me down on my parents' bed, which I didn't think about until this moment. Just makes it a little weirder. And he proceeds to open the encyclopedia. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the encyclopedia. This was how I got the talk. It was very scientific, very sterile. I was looking at diagrams, and he was essentially just reading verbatim the jargon, the encyclopedia jargon to me about how sex happens. Now, to be fair, at this point, while we didn't have internet and stuff like that, we did have bus rides. And the, the buses would have a variety of different kids from all different grades. So I had an idea already what sex was. He wasn't really teaching me anything groundbreaking. But just the awkwardness of the discussion. So many memories that somehow I've just completely lost and will never recapture in my life. Even amazing ones, I'm sure, that I don't have in my head anymore. That one will always be in my head because it was so awkward.
So word of advice, parents, if you decide to have a discussion with your children about sex, I would advise that you do not use an encyclopedia. I would also advise that you don't yell at your child from a window out into the neighborhood making them shit their pants and think that they had done something wrong and they don't even know what it is, but I'm about to get in trouble. Oh, wait, no, I just have to go hear my dad talk about penises and vaginas and show me some diagrams from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Much better. I also remember after moving to Columbus right before I turned 13, so this would have been seventh grade, so I would have been, I'm yeah, 13 years old, and they're now doing sex ed at, at school. So in our health class, which was also our gym teacher, and in this case, for me, was a woman, we had to learn sex ed. I'm sure that has to be very uncomfortable for a teacher to have to talk about sex to a bunch of 13-year-old kids that aren't even their own kids. I mean, look how poorly my father handled it. I guess at least teachers have a curriculum. They have things that they can follow, so maybe it makes it a little easier, but it's still weird. One thing I remember specifically from Mrs. Grimes, my health-slash-gym teacher, and her talking to us about sex and, you know, girls' bodies versus boys' bodies was the discussion of the hymen. Now... The hymen, I, for those of you who don't know the technical term hymen, that is essentially what would be the cherry that gets popped. It's a flap of skin uh, around the vaginal, the opening to the vaginal canal, and it breaks oftentimes during a girl's first time having sex, which can cause her to bleed, hence the term pop the cherry, because it looks like someone spilled a cherry pie in the bed. I also remember that she made it very clear that it's not uncommon for girls to break their hymen without having sex. It could just be, and the example she used was from playing a game of basketball. Not sure why she used that as the example, but now in my little 13-year-old mind, I'm thinking, so basically either a girl's going to break her hymen from a hard pounding at homecoming or from a layup gone terribly wrong. Just one or the, one, one or the other. Thank you, Mrs. Grimes. Well done with that difficult discussion. <laughs> it still fascinates me to this day as to why people refer to the talk about human sex as the birds and the bees. That's such a weird analogy. First off, we're talking about men and women from the same species having sex. The birds and the bees would imply that the birds and the bees, two separate species, are having sex. You know how bad that would be? To just be a little bee floating and flying along, picking up some pollen, and all of a sudden here comes a sparrow out of nowhere and just starts fucking you as the bee. I mean, really, at a matter of a second, you would just explode into this nightmarish mist of yellow and black stripes and bird semen. That sounds fun. No, okay, but this is the comparison that we're trying to give to children to soften the blow like we don't want to actually say the word sex so we're going to call it the birds and the bees and not only is it interspecies mating that you're describing when you talk about the birds and the bees but let's also talk about the mating patterns of birds and bees i mean not all birds but eagles for example are known to essentially when they're trying to do a mating ritual and find their mate they fly up really high they lock their talons together and they plummet to the ground with the anticipation that right at the last second they're going to unlock talons and fly away gracefully. 
Is it any wonder that bald eagles are on the endangered species list? Because just to get their fuck on, two of them have to dive bomb towards the earth and hope that they can gracefully pull up, not pull out kids, (laughs) but pull up at the last second. Let's just quit stop saving the bald eagles because they're clearly suicidal and very, very horny. Another example of weird bird sex, which hopefully is nothing like actual human sex, is the hedge sparrow. So I'm just going to read you verbatim what I found online about the hedge sparrow and its mating habits. The hedge sparrow is monogamous, mostly. The female will sometimes keep a second male on hand who lurks in the bushes, waiting for her mate to turn his back. When he does, she lets him copulate with her, a process that's more like a bumping of the genitals. Then things get weird. Wait, then things get weird? This isn't already weird? She's basically cuckolding her mate while he turns his back and stupid bird for not realizing that just because his back is turned. So again, like I said, then things get weird. When the first mate comes back, she displays herself to him and he pokes at her genitals until the other male sperm spurts out. Yes, spurts. Spurts is the word that they used on mentalfloss.com. Spurts. The sperm spurts out. The sperm spurts out. Let me continue. Then the two birds have sex, ensuring that it's probably her mate's egg in the nest. Why do this? Because both the mate and the misinformed adulterer will help the female feed the chicks. That bitch! She basically has a baby daddy and a sugar daddy. That's what's happening with the hedge sparrows. She's like, hey, can you go get that twig over there for me? Thanks, honey. And then the quote-unquote misinformed adulterer. Yes, adultery apparently is a thing with fucking birds. So anyway, that's that's weird. That should have no comparison to human sex. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of hardcore porn sites out there that have a very similar situation to what I just described involving humans that does not make it normal, nor does it make it like anything you want your kids to envision human sex and normal natural human sex as. Also bees. Bees, basically what you call drone bees, the worker bees, their whole goal is to essentially at some point they line up and they have a queen gangbang where they just take a turn and they just go at the queen over and over one at a time and as the bee is having sex with the queen, it is such a violent experience that it actually rips their phallus out of their body, tears their abdomen open and they die. That sounds like a very pleasant experience, doesn't it? And this is what we're comparing, just the basic, easy conversation of sex. This is what we're comparing it to. Someone fucked up along the way with this analogy. They fucked up. How it stuck, I don't know. If anyone is still using that phrase, stop using it. It makes no sense. Just call it sex. Honestly, if you just approach things more honestly, these discussions will be less awkward. It's when you try to skirt around issues and him and haul to try and get the words out that you just be direct, say the things that you want to say that will make these difficult discussions much more easy and more importantly, much less awkward. And there's plenty of other discussions in life that we have to have that are very difficult 
like the conversation of turn off the radio if you have any little kids in the car. And if you have any little kids in the car and you've made it this far, you're a terrible parent. But the conversation to tell your kids that Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and all that shit don't exist. I'll be honest, I was just eagerly awaiting the day that I could dash the hopes and the dreams of my children when it came to that imaginary bullshit. Primarily because I had to spend all this fucking money every year to buy them stuff for Easter, to buy a bunch of Christmas presents from Santa. Fuck that. You know what I did? I would put half the presents from Santa and half the presents from Dad. I am getting credit because Santa didn't pay for shit. So I never just labeled all the presents from Santa. Fuck that. But I remember, I remember the the day, and of course, you know, by this point, I had already fucked up a couple times with the Tooth Fairy, where, you know, uh, you have your little six-year-old or whatever come downstairs the next day, and, Daddy, the Tooth Fairy didn't come! And it's like, shit, I forgot. Oh, uh, uh, yes, she did come, but she didn't want to wake you up, so she came into my room, and she put a $5 bill into my wallet to give to you today. I'm so glad that you brought this up. I had totally forgotten. Silly tooth fairy. But I, I, I could kind of tell my, my kids are 12 months and 13 days separated, so they've always been very close. And obviously, you know, my son Skylar, the youngest, he's always kind of emulated his older sister because they were always in such a close age group that they were almost in the same grade. And I was catching a whiff that Zoe was starting to show signs of not having as much interest in going and getting her picture with Santa or things like that, where I felt like now's the time. So I sat them down one day and I just asked them the question. I said, so uh, what do you guys think about Santa Claus? And of course, Christmas was coming up. That's what prompted this discussion. And they're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Do you hear kids talking about Santa Claus on the bus? You know, like that he's not real. Yeah, yeah, we hear that. And I'm like, well, what do you think? I don't know what to think. I'm like, okay. That little bit of doubt was all I needed to go ahead and take this conversation, this difficult discussion, to the next level. Once I knew the seed of doubt was already there, it's like, fuck it. She's standing on the edge of the cliff. I'm just going to go ahead and push her. And Skylar, you're tethered to her, so you're just going to go with her. But I explained it in a nice way. I said, look, yeah, Santa's not real. However, the magic and the joy of Christmas and the things that you feel when you receive a present or you give a present to somebody, that is really what is the symbol of Christmas and that Santa Claus is a symbol of. So you can still have a feeling of the way you feel when you think as a believer about Santa Claus in your heart with the spirit of the season, but you don't necessarily have to believe that this fat, out-of-shape motherfucker is traveling the entire globe in one night and distributing toys to everyone. Well, except the Jews and the uh, Buddhists and Hindus and all of those people. Just the good Christian girls and boys. Everyone else can fuck right off! Ho, ho, ho! I was lucky they took it very well. There were no tears, and it was kind of like, yeah, that's what I thought. So I, I feel like I did the right thing. And like I said earlier, I was extremely direct. I didn't beat around the bush. I provided them a bit of positivity in the message of what I was telling them to ease the burden a little bit, but I didn't. I didn't candy coat it. I just took the Band-Aid off, one motion, 
the way it's supposed to be done. You know, another difficult discussion is trying to tell somebody it's the whole what I call the boogie in the nose, like whether they've got a boogie hanging out of their nose or it's some dude with, as I've discussed in the past and hate the people with crazy long eyebrows. And it's like, how do you not notice it's 14 feet long? But just little things. I mean, with eyebrows, I would never tell somebody about that because that's a personal grooming thing. And if you're fine with it, I mean, I guess I can live with looking at it and being poked in the eye by it when you get too close to me. But if someone stinks, like when I was in high school, I started working for Little Caesars Pizza and then I went over to Pizza Hut. And then after I graduated and turned 18, I immediately started to become a shift manager. And as you can imagine, at a place like Pizza Hut, you're not going to necessarily have a caliber of employee that is 150% focused on their hygiene and the cleanliness of their clothes. And it's tough when you work in the food or the service industry like that. You have to wear a specific type of pants. You don't want to own 40 of them. So you will inevitably have pants that will just look like Sasquatch wiped his ass with them and then threw a handful of flour on them at the very last second. If you don't believe me, next time you go in to a pizza shop to pick up a pizza, look at people's pants. You'll see how dingy and filthy and disgusting they are. And it, it will gross you out a little bit and you'll be like, oh, I don't know if I want this pizza anymore. Sorry, I ruined pizza for you guys. But I am straying from the point I was getting to, which was now that I'm a shift manager at Pizza Hut and 18 years old, I have a responsibility to talk to people when there is something that needs addressed, like hygiene. And of course, the assistant manager was grooming me for higher management positions in the future because I'm sure he knew that I totally aspired to be nothing more in my life than an assistant or even store manager at Pizza Hut, then that would have been hitting the ceiling and you can, I can die now. Again, if you work, if you're a manager at a Pizza Hut or a fast food restaurant or something like that, and you're over 25 years old, I'm not making fun of you. You're making a living and that is a very responsible thing to do. And that's way better than just sucking up the fucking welfare, sucking off the government teat and taking money out of my pocket. So I do applaud that because I know it's difficult work and relatively underpaid given the difficulty level compared to some other jobs. But this assistant manager was grooming me, so we had an employee that just reeked every day of BO. I mean, we were pretty convinced the guy never wore deodorant. He was just anti-deodorant. Oh, oh and he was a delivery driver, so he was going to be interacting with customers on a regular basis throughout every shift. So it was decided that something needed to be said to this guy to explain to him, you stink and maybe try some deodorant. This difficult discussion landed in my lap as I was being groomed and it, it weighed on me. It was very difficult. That's why I call them difficult discussions. Keep up people. But I had to approach this guy who's probably almost 10 years older than I am. And I, I did the whole making it more awkward thing, hemming and hawing and trying to figure out what I was going to say. So, um, I need to talk to you. So they, they told me uh, that I, I need to talk to you. So they're immediately deflecting. Like, it's not me telling you that you stink, even though I can fucking smell you. But I'm pinning the blame on someone else is making me do this. It doesn't mean it's my opinion. And I him and hauled around for a while. And I could tell it was going nowhere. And I could not find any graceful 
or reassuring words, positive words that that would go along with this. And I finally just looked at him, and after all of my hemming and hawing, and I said, you need to wear some deodorant. You stink. And he, of course, looked surprised because we don't smell ourselves. It's like, you know, Indian people don't know that their house smells like curry and butthole. They don't realize it. I think I've discussed this before. You don't know if you're a dog owner and you have multiple dogs that your house may smell like dog. Other people will instantly come over and be like, oh my God, this house smells like dog. But we get so used to, you know, it's, it's almost like looking at yourself in the mirror. You don't notice yourself gaining weight or losing weight over a course of three or four months. You might start to see a difference, but someone who hasn't seen you in three or four months is going to instantly see you and notice a difference. Now, if you're thinner, they'll say, oh, my God, you look so good if you lost weight. But if you're fatter, no one says shit. You know why? Because that's a difficult discussion. And people are pussies. Everyone says, just be honest with me. I just want honesty. I just want the truth. Not true. We've all heard the joke by a million comedians and TV shows and movies about the woman saying, does this make my ass look big? There's a difficult discussion, gentlemen. That's a difficult discussion. I mean, the easy answer is no. No. Not at all. But honestly, most of us would be thinking, yeah, it does look a little big. And guess what? I don't fucking care because I like your big ass. But that's my point about people not really wanting the truth. They all say, everyone says, be honest with me. Just give it to me straight. Tell me the truth. All of these different figures of speech or euphemisms for don't lie. But the minute you're honest, sometimes that can shatter someone's self-esteem and self-image. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to be responsible for damaging someone's self-esteem or self-image. But sometimes shit needs said and the truth does need told. Speaking of the employee at Pizza Hut that I had to talk to about his stank, my son came home yesterday in the middle of his work shift and I was just sitting in the recliner watching TV and he came in looking pissed off just kind of nodded at me and closed the door, the garage door kind of hard and went upstairs. He then came back downstairs uh, about three minutes later. I could see he was irritated and frustrated and he, and he goes they kicked me out of work. And of course, instantly in my mind, I'm thinking, Oh God, I hope you didn't lose your job. I mean, it's not like he's paying fucking rent, but I, I don't want him to lose his job. I don't know what could have happened. Well, he didn't lose his job. He was sent home from work to change his pants because he works in the deli department and he had gone to work with long shorts on that went down to about mid shin. And as he's angrily explaining to me that the only other pants that he had that he could have worn to work, he had already worn to work the previous day and his words, and they smelled like ass, and I didn't want to smell like ass going in there today, so I wore these, and the legs go all the way down to here. I don't know what the big deal is. He then angrily said something that made me laugh out loud, not when he said it, but shortly after he closed the door to go back to work, and it sunk in. He said, it's not like I'm shaving my legs over the fucking meat. I don't know why that struck me so funny, but in my mind, I'm thinking, well... Maybe you should try doing laundry more than once every two months. Then your pants won't smell like ass. And maybe you'll have more than one option than just the ass-smelling pants. 
Could you try that? I don't do my kids' laundry. I have not since they were teenagers. I mean, once my son was at a certain age where I thought, I don't really want to be washing his socks anymore. And not because they would smell like feet. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, once it got to that point, I'm like, you're doing your own laundry, buddy. So my kids have been doing their own laundry for a long time. It's not my problem if they don't have clean laundry. Sometimes you just got to go to work with a pair of pants that smell like ass. As I mentioned, there's a ton of scenarios that are difficult discussions. Obviously, breakups. If you are a manager and have to fire somebody, sometimes quitting and putting in your notice is difficult. We're going to have to deal with this multiple times in our lives, and that's okay. But the key thing is don't make it more awkward because that is, that's what makes difficult discussions difficult. It's not... It's not anything other than feeling awkward, like I should not have to discuss this. The human penis goes into the human vagina. No, you just made it very awkward. Close the fucking encyclopedia, dad, and just pop on Debbie Does Dallas and leave the room. Give me a box of tissues, maybe a little Jergens. And let me figure that shit out the right way. That would have been more honest and honestly less awkward than the way that it actually went. So again, I implore you, please have those difficult discussions because difficult discussions are difficult because they need to be had. Just don't him and haul, try and cut to the chase, get to the point. You can bend the truth a little bit, but try not to bend it too much. People will most times appreciate the directness of it, even if not in the moment, they will appreciate it after the fact. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. Please follow me on Twitter at JeffGoesTweet. And let me know if you have any suggestions for topics for upcoming shows. I do have two guests coming in. I have one tomorrow and another on Monday. So here soon, within the next week or so, within the next several days, actually, you're going to have episodes popping up where it's not just Jeff ranting and talking to himself. Again, I thank you all for tuning in. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jeff. Good night.